On the 21st day of October, Halloween gave to me 21 groovy ashes, 20 Japanese giallos, 19 kung fu vampires, 18 haunted marches, 17 eternal lonelinesses, 16 cursed VHS tapes, 15 spectral snapshots, 14 mothers murdering, 13 prices bleeding, 12 models dying, 11 Betty's baking, 10 prices burning, 9 seagulls pecking, 8 scientists sneaking, 7 Goldwyn shooting, 6 psychic scamming, 5 naked witches, 4 alien spelunking, 3 UFO abductions, 2 deputy so-and-sos, and a masked hawk being creepy. All right, guys, we are now officially into our final stretch of movies. There is sort of a mini theme as we get to the end, but we'll talk about that uh, around, oh, day 28 or so uh, leading up to the final uh, episode on Halloween. But this is, of course, the 31 Days of Halloween on Legion Podcasts. Uh, I am Bo. I am your host, your companion, your pal, uh, the the co-pilot to your journey through Halloween, uh, one hopes. And, uh, we are in, uh, the territory of just classic movies that I haven't seen or I want to watch. And, and so, uh, evil dead two is what we're talking about today. And it's one of those movies. I almost don't select for something like this because it's so obvious, you know, evil dead two, uh, with very few exceptions. Every now and again, you run into somebody, uh, I won't name names, but, Let's say her initials are Jamie J. Sammons, uh, who doesn't really like Evil Dead 2 all that much. That It's a little too over the top for. And I get that, you know, like everybody's got their right to dislike a movie. Um, but Evil Dead 2, I think for the most part, is one of those seminal horror movies where when you see it, you you have this like epiphany that movies can be like this. You know, that they can blend genres. Like recently we were talking about Rigor Mortis being a movie that unsuccessfully blended genres. And Evil Dead 2, I think, does a masterful job with blending horror and comedy in a way that's almost difficult to describe. And so rather than, uh, you know, just spend... The, our time together today talking about like, oh yeah, Evil Dead 2 is great, because I think most people agree that that is so. I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach and and sort of talk about what makes the movie what it is. And of course, if you uh, have never seen Evil Dead 2, I certainly encourage you to do so. I won't certainly be spoiling it here. But the basic thrust of the movie is uh, the front end is a little bit of a remake of the first one or a reimagining. Uh, of the original Evil Dead. Uh, very famously, Stephen King saw the original Evil Dead and went to uh, Dino De Laurentiis and said, you need to give Sam Raimi some money so he can make a sequel to this movie. Uh, let, and then put it out because it's terrific. And that's sort of how Evil Dead 2 got a bigger budget and Sam Raimi had a little more time and, and decided to you know, sort of reimagine the the front end of Evil Dead 2 as, uh, or Evil Dead as the front end of Evil Dead 2. And so rather than a group of kids going to the woods, it's, you know, Ash Williams going to uh, this cabin in the woods with his girlfriend. 
who is ultimately possessed and he ends up having to murder her. And uh, along the way, the daughter of the owners of the cabin um, is coming back to this cabin to continue some research on the Kandarian Book of the Dead, which uh, the father has read and unwittingly unleashed these Kandarian demons, which possessed his wife, which he had locked in the fruit cellar. And, uh, you know, he breaks through into our world to tell our heroes, hey, you need to read these pages and um, give flesh to the, the main demon and banish it so that everyone's okay again. And to the film's credit, that's not exactly how things go. Um, you know, Ash uh, does his level best, but ends up being hurtled back in time at the end of the film uh, where he is going to fulfill a prophecy that Evil Dead 2 nods toward. So a couple of things about Evil Dead 2, um, you know, uh, uh, to, to sort of like where where in the movie does it kind of go off the rails, you know, in the best possible way? When What is the first indications that this movie is going to be a bit ridiculous, which it is, you know, like when Jamie complains about the movie and she's like, the, you know, the first one is a horror movie. This movie is just nonsense and silly and slapstick. And it's like, yes, it is all of those things. Uh, but it, it's why that I think a lot of people love it. It, you know, it is a clear predecessor to something like um, reanimator where the comedy is just part of the DNA of the film. And Evil Dead 2 is the same way. And when I was watching it again for, for this, uh, and just for my own pleasure, I mean, let's be honest, there there's nothing better than watching Evil Dead 2 <laughs> on any day. Um, but I think it's the moment when he is having the dream, um, or, you know, vision of his girlfriend coming out of the grave and doing the dance and that kind of thing. And even that isn't completely ridiculous. It's a, it's a little, it's a little over the top, but it's fine. Like that still feels like a serious movie. Mostly it is the moment when she sort of pops up in front of him as he's looking out the window at, at this dance that she's doing. And she grabs his head and starts banging it into the wooden slats covering the windows and one time it would be something, but it happens a number of times, and it it it, it makes the cross or it crosses the line into to being a little goofy. And again, not in a disparaging way, just in all the right ways. That it's kind of goofy to see Ash bang his head into this, and that was really the the first moment as I was watching again. I was like, oh, okay, so that's the first time in the film that you kind of get the sense that, oh, this is going to be something other than the original Evil Dead. This is going to be something different. And, you know, then you get the all the stuff with the hand, and that is um, maybe one of the finest examples of slapstick horror ever. You know, it, it is the platonic ideal of how you do that, because... You know, it it does communicate this sort of horrific body horror kind of idea um, that 
you, you know, you are no longer in control of part of your body. That, you know, it, it's him screaming, give me back by hand. Uh, it, it, you can read that as kind of silly, but it's also sort of tragic and, and sad and horrifying. But once it is flipping him over and crashing plates on, on top of his head, and particularly when it's banging stuff into his head to knock Ash out, and it kind of pauses, and this is just the genius of Bruce Campbell, like uh, his performance in this movie rightfully made him iconic. And, uh, but the pause as it's about to crash something over its head, it's like, do no, he's out. Oh, okay. I can, I can stop and go about phase two of this plan, which apparently is to like just straight up murder him. But, uh, that is wonderful. The farewell to arms and all that stuff like that whole scene of the hand being possessed up to and including him cutting it off and putting the bucket on top of it is just one of the best sequences I think in any horror movie ever. Uh, it's, it's so funny. It's so ridiculous. It's shot so well that scene in particular, or that shot in particular with, with Bruce Campbell flipping himself over, uh, as the hand grabs him by the head and, and jerks him down. Um, the, the camera work in that, like Raimi is known for inventive camera work and the shot selections. It's, it's just a perfect scene. And there are a number of, of really good sequences all through the movie, but the hand thing in particular is up there with one of the finest sequences in any horror movie that has ever been made. Uh, as silly as it is, it all of it works. All of it is just the right decision. And, you know, you run into those movies. I uh, recently saw Halloween Ends, and I kept thinking, like, every decision the filmmakers made here was kind of the wrong one. Um, they're making decisions, which is good. It's doing something, you know, that you, is sort of unexpected in that trilogy. I didn't care for it, but at least it's trying to do something. I'll give it credit for that. But, you know, they're bad decisions, I think. And Evil Dead 2 is the the opposite of that. Of It, it just seemed like somebody sprinkled, you know, pixie dust over this production. And I'm sure it was difficult and it was hot and all that stuff in the gymnasium in that North Carolina high school where they shot a lot of this stuff and all that. But regardless of how difficult the shoot was, everything that came out of that, all the production uh, and, and the resulting footage is just right. You know, it, it is a, a, a fundamental good in the universe. Like humanity, uh, if we are ever judged by an alien species, you could hand them evil dead too and be like, we managed to make this. And it might tilt the scales in our favor. So, in addition to the fact that Bruce Campbell is brilliant in this movie, and he truly is, there's uh, not just the sequence with the hand, which is a, an incredible bit of physical comedy uh, and, and performance. There is the sequence where he just absolutely loses his shit, where the deer head is laughing and he's doing the squats with the table lamp and all of that. And it's again, just brilliant culminating in that turn to camera where you see that he has gone right out of his head. Um, and, and it makes Bruce Campbell, uh, relatable. And as a viewer, you're like, of course you went crazy. How could you not be, you know, uh, by the end of the movie, when he's trying to convince, 
the the scientist's daughter, uh, the researcher's daughter, that he's all right. Like I'm all right, you know. Um, you've got to wonder, like, are you really? Because you have been under a lot of pressure, sir. You are going to have PTSD at the very least. That's why uh, I think he's such an asshole in Army of Darkness. Is that he has uh, witnessed such horrors that he has undergone a sudden and and severe personality change. Yeah, Bruce Campbell is incredible in this. Sam Raimi's direction is amazing. The other thing that I think is really fun, and I'll hit on two more points and then we'll move on with our lives, and hopefully I've convinced you to go back and watch Evil Dead 2 for no other reason than just to to bring joy to your life. Uh, (laughs) If it's been more than, I don't know, an hour since you last watched it, uh, why not go back and, and... live in that movie a little bit longer because it's just the best and i do think it's uh genuinely scary at times the the sequence where bruce campbell is possessed and coming around the house and you know uh, attacking the daughter i think that stuff is creepy the first time i saw it as a kid that scene as silly as all the other stuff is that scene really freaked me out and it it made me like want to turn the movie off because it was a little too scary um as goofy as everything surrounding it was like it's the magic of Evil Dead 2 that it can turn on a dime from this is nonsense and hilarious and oh, but this is also scary. Uh, how that movie pulls it off is nothing nothing short of a miracle. Um, but I like the fact that Sam Raimi cameos in the movie and I kind of wonder if it's because no one delivers the line right or if he just wanted to deliver it because it's it, it, you know if you didn't know he's the knight at the end of the movie after uh, ash goes through time or goes through the, this other dimension to become you know the the prophet or, or the uh, the hero that the prophecy has uh, foretold and he's the one who lifts up his faceplate and says you know it is the hero of the prophecy Hail, hail, and I again. It's a weird line. It's a line that I think feels strange coming out of the mouth. And I wonder if it was either he wanted to do a cameo in this movie, which if he did, God bless him. He he should absolutely Hitchcock his way into the movie. Or if it was that you know he just thought I'm the only one who could deliver. Like this is kind of a mouthful of a line. So I'm going to do it because I know how it needs to be read. Um, Either way, I think it works. I think that Sam Raimi, uh, who is not a professional actor by any stretch, but I think it's a pretty good hail. And the other thing I want to talk about before we totally wrap up here with our discussion of Evil Dead 2 is to kind of measure it as a sequel because it it ultimately is. Like, it's Evil Dead 2, even though it it sort of re-summarizes and recontextualizes the first film. Uh, the thing that I think is really, uh, like the, the, it, it follows the rules of sequels, which is it should be bigger than the first one. And this one certainly is both the effects wise and the scope of it and getting outside the cabin and, and these other characters and all that. So it, it ticks those boxes, but it also expands the universe in all the ways in the first movie it's just hey we read these pages everybody's possessed and you got to dismember them this one definitely gets into this greater mythology of oh by the way ash is 
this hero foretold in the pages of the, you know, Kandarian Book of the Dead. And he is going to be uh, the, this, you know, archetypal knight uh, fighting the demons. And, um, you know, the, the effects work and the, the uh, like, the, the feeling of the size of the movie where the first is obviously very low budget and it, it's very intimate in, in its uh, scope. And this movie just feels bigger, like right from the bat, when you see, you know, the bridge curled up and things like that. Like, you know, some of those com uh, composite shots are a little dicey these days, but you get the effect. And by the time he is, you know, shooting a winged demon out of the air with his sawed-off shotgun in the Middle Ages, you're like, oh, okay, I see how we got here. Which is crazy that that's where this movie ends. And um, I think the movie just does a superb job of opening up the Evil Dead universe. And it's the reason that you have an Army of Darkness and an Ash versus the Evil Dead, because Evil Dead 2 is laying the seeds for all of that stuff. And, I mean, the original Evil Dead does to an extent, but to get to, you know, the other sequels and Ash vs. Evil Dead and, and all that, it's, you know, it is Evil Dead 2 that makes all of that happen. So, alright, I, I think we'll leave it there. It It's just one of the best horror movies ever made. Um, it, it is one of the movies I'm most fond of personally. Uh, just because it it appeals to that sense of silliness and goofiness that I really like, but also manages to be scary. Like there, there are many imitators and, and few can really succeed at doing what evil dead two does. It's just a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous movie. Um, so if you, like I said, if you haven't seen it in say six hours or so treat yourself and watch Evil Dead 2 again. Uh, and as far as measuring it as a Halloween movie, is one of the best Halloween movies. It's it's scary and fun and all of that stuff. So, uh, love it, love it, love it. Um, I didn't want to make it number one on the list, even though it may be number one in my heart because I want to, you know, get to something that's maybe slightly more off the beaten path uh, than something like Evil Dead 2. It's like saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre is scary. Have you guys heard about this? Um, but Evil Dead 2 is just, it, it's a treat and it would feel as, as obvious a selection as it is. The list of the 31 days of Halloween would feel empty if at some point we didn't do it. So now we have Evil Dead 2 officially in the books as one of the 31 days of Halloween. Uh, next uh, next year we'll look at another obvious movie to do. We'll see uh, which of the other like canon of incredible horror movies we get to at that point. But at any rate... Um, Evil Dead 2, tremendous. Go out, watch it again. Enjoy it. You're welcome. Uh, if you are uh, subscribed to the Legion Podcast feed, and that is how you are getting all these 31 days of Halloween episodes, I, uh, I implore you, I entreat you, I beg you, uh, subscribe to the Dark Parade, which is the uh, show that I do once a week uh, when I am not in the midst of the 31 days of Halloween where you get a show uh, every day. Um, and, uh, we've got good stuff coming up in, uh, November. I'm hopefully going to hit some, some bonus stuff for Halloween. Uh, it just depends on how quickly I wrap up all the 31 day stuff. So we'll see. 
And uh, in addition to that, uh, if you are listening on the Dark Parade feed, be sure you are subscribing to the Legion podcast uh, podcast feed on the podcast catcher of your choice where you can get not just this show, but uh, a number of other great shows. I was just talking to uh, Richard Glenn Schmidt this morning from Hello, This is the Doom Show. And uh, also Duncan, that is uh, my companion on Duncan and Boat Come Correct, which is also on the Legion podcast feed, along with a number of other great shows uh, that I've mentioned all through this 31 days. Uh, So please do that. And here's another uh, favor I have of you. Um, Please have a spooky day out there. It is October 21st. The leaves are are falling. There's a a cool... uh, uh, like nip in the air to let you know that it's fall, that Halloween is right around the corner. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, go out and get some pumpkins uh, pretty soon and start carving up some jack-o'-lanterns and whatnot. And it's going to be great. And I'm super excited for it. And I hope you are too. Thank you for joining me on this, uh, this journey through a bunch of great horror films and even the not so great ones still super fun to talk about. Uh, so uh, until tomorrow when we have another Uh, classic movie uh, to talk about on 31 Days of Halloween. Uh, Keep it spooky out there, and uh, I'll talk to you then. (laughs) 